I have five terms that I've deemed the most important. Welcome to Deep Thoughts on the Rocks, a conversation to uncover truth regarding language, philosophy, and theology. I am Mike Red. He is Mike Blue. I am one-fifth, two-fifth, red-fifth, blue-fifth. Um, do you know how to think the unthinkable, Eric? Think the unthinkable? Mm-hmm. By speaking the unspeakable? No. What? How do you think the unthinkable? Is that the kind of question that you're talking about that like people... No, no, no. This is with? a real question with an answer. Oh, think the How do you think the unthinkable? What? By thinking of nothing. Think the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Well, could you by definition not think the unthinkable? No. Nope. There's one way to do it. Hmm. Become enlightened, reach nope. heaven. Nope, nope. Hmm. No, at that point, you just know everything. Yeah. Um, How do you think the unthinkable? Think the unthinkable. Are you going to make me stew over this over the whole show? And no. Then, okay. I just wait till you say, uh, I give up. Tell me the answer. Oh. I'm not going to say those words. But, okay. Um, in that way, I'll just, I'll just say, uh, I'll, I'll tell you if I'm not sure. Um, Lo and behold, you have stumbled upon a topic. Pride. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Good day. Anyway. Um, oh, I'll do that thing with my headphones again. Um, do you know how to think the unthinkable? No, I don't. Well, how would you do that? With an iceberg. With a what? With an iceberg. Take a sip of my whiskey here. Oh my goodness. I got it. An iceberg? How do you think the unthinkable with an iceberg? Oh, oh I got it. <laughs> I got it. That's actually really funny. I like that. I've heard that before too. That is one of my favorite jokes. Yo he <laughs> There's not Oh have I ever to- oh, I can't oh, sing copyrighted music. So, like, that would not work. So yeah. fun, so fun uh, fact. Well, that was copyrighted too. Anyway, um, well, if you sing it badly, that's, from, that's uh, it's copyrighted. Well, here, here to give credit real quick. I was not paid to sing that. Um, that's Celine Dion. My heart will go on. It's a great song. That so, doesn't actually help the, your situation. Why? Now you've just identified the song. No one, no one knew who. To, no one knew who was going to sue know you. You have Now we know who's going to sue you. Now we have to cut this out. Ah, whatever. Cut it out. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, I can, what? Ju- I can say really copyrighted things. So I learned, though, that no. you can talk about trademarks. And McDonald's. That, yeah. There are ways that they could come after you. The I'm not getting in trouble. The, the jingle might be copyrighted. Oh, gosh dang it. I'm Hold getting us all sorts yeah, of trouble. It's, Sorry, it's, guys. But, but trademarks the jingle is only intellectual property. good jingle. Uh, you have to If you do a bad spot. version of the jingle, that's not copyrighted. They only copyright the good jingle. Is that true? I have no idea. No. Okay. I was like, you are literally making that up. Oh, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I will back off. My my defense in court was, um, David told me it was okay. So I and they'll look at you. I and they'll have be a like, friend who works for Google. Are you making stuff up? I, for the record, work for a company at Google, named Name Google. Google. <laughs> he's so, a, he's a Googler. Googler. Does that mean copyright laws don't apply to you? No, I'm just stating a fact <laughs> that is Ill- irrelevant to this uh, this topic. You you find a way to work it into every conversation though, and rightfully so. I happen to say or to say things that are true. A lot of the time, yeah, they may not be related Every, to the topic. Everything, everything you find on the internet is true. Just like every time you hit Google search, right? Thank you for using our products. Thank this you, is see. sponsored. Oh my gosh. No, it's not. No, no. you can't. This say is it's not sponsored. sponsored. Stop it. I do know of a bluegrass band that was sponsored by Google. Really? That's cool. They're called New Blue, and they're the only. I think the only band that Google wanted to sponsor, and it was a bluegrass band of, of all things. Are they from California? Bluegrass. I don't know. Huh. Bluegrass. Interesting. My brother works for. Well, my brother works for Guggenheimer. 
and he does um, ah. like food for Google. Food for Google. Yeah, he's like the head of he's like the head chef of. A oh yeah, they've got campuses place. and stuff. Yeah, this yeah, guy's yeah. Told me all about it. It's really cool. Awesome. Do you ever sleep at Google? I have taken naps. They have nap pods. You can take I a wish, nap. Too. I wish my high school had Tell nap us pods. about the nap pods. Nap pods are pretty neat. Yeah. Can you bring that up? So there's your typical open open space office. And then mm-hmm. there's a separate room designed as part of the building schematics for uh, there's a little alcove that you go in. You can have a curtain. You close the curtain. And then there's an alcove for a massage chair or an alcove for a nap pod. The nap pods are kind of like an egg shape. And imagine if you take an egg and you turn it uh, sideways. Sideways, yeah. And then your head goes into the side that has the more rounder side. Mm-hmm. And then your feet go onto the more pointed side of the egg. Then the rest of the egg uh, has a little shell thing that closes over you. So that way it can just give you darkness. And you can set a timer and then it'll wake you up with a nice soothing vibration or massage or something. But uh, you can set a half hour timer, take a half hour nap and call it good. And move yeah. on with your work. You know, I feel like the original inventor of the alarm clock was like, um, you know what? We will have this go off at a certain time and play sweet, soothing Beethoven tones. But then like the dad of the of the manager or whatever, you know, the owner of the company, uh, the sons, the sons comes in. And he's the new supervisor. And he's like, no, it will have the loud tones. Da! <laughs> da! I know what you're referencing. It is Studio yes. C. It's a good, it's a good show. Great show. How do you like the new cast? I haven't watched it since the new uh, cast got in. I, I, I lack faith after the original left. Ah, uh, fair enough. I like some of the new people. Some of the new people are good. All right, shall we? Uh, cool. Shall we get to should intros? We get to the topic. Yes, please. Yeah, right, although oh, we intros. should maybe introduce people intros. for any questionable. Cool. My name's Dimitri. No. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> That's pronounced it. Dimitri. You're one of you're one of the hosts, so people should. I'm just one of the know. hosts. I'm Mike. You should you should you should be aware of my voice at this point. <laughs> oh my Hopefully. Gosh. Um, the sweet, unless they were not, now you just alienated some of our listeners. Who did I alienate? I don't know. Maybe I used that word wrong. Assuming that people know things, you they're gonna them. stop listening because my name's not Dimitri. Oh my yes. gosh, his name is not Dimitri. I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah. See ya. No, but anyway, uh, like I'm actually leaving. See you guys. Uh, our friend, the the Google man, is um, uh, David Gao. Hello, all. My name is David Gao. I am. Uh, from Lincoln, Nebraska, and I currently live in California and work for Google. That's fun. That's that's about it. We have another uh, local favorite here. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Mike, too. I'm just kidding. Um, this that was a joke from earlier. Um, this. Um, <laughs> Thank you. for. It's funnier right. now that you've it's, explained it I to know, me. right? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, my name is Eric, Eric Carl II. Uh, please don't confuse me for my father. He's a great guy, but don't confuse me for him. Um, I am from Texas, but now I live in Lincoln, so I have the opposite story of uh, David. Um, I do not come here for work necessarily, but I am working here. I work for a company called Nelnet. Uh, I do not work in student loans, but I work in a different part of our company that does payment plans. If you've ever heard of fax management or Nelnet Campus Commerce, that's what we do. All right. It's fun stuff. Nice plug. Yeah. And I'm Nick, and this is The Shed. Hey, Nick. Yeah. Nick Davis. Nick Davis. How are you? I'm peachy. Good. Versus, say, orangey or lemony. Yeah. Well, it's got yeah. this nice glass of wine. So Actually, it's not peaches, I think they're in season because usually I buy them and they're no good. They're they're hard and then they turn to mush and they just, there's it's really hard to find that window where it's like a great, juicy, delicious peach. 
Uh, yeah, but some, right now, summertime is peach I bought some organic ones from Trader Joe's, and they were they were epic, just like right right off the shelf. I do love peaches. Yeah, I so. don't like peach flavored things. Oh, mm, fake peach. Thing. So like I don't, peach I don't like, soda. Like peach soda and what? Well, peach soda sometimes. Peach rings. Oh, I hate Ooh, peach the candy oh. ones. I know people that love those. I hate peach rings. Mm. I don't like them. There's a sour apple, the green version of those. L- those are great. Those are great. It's not the gummy texture. Gummy texture I love. It's that fake peach flavor. I just like yeah. if you buy like peach flavored tea. Ooh. I'm out. I don't like it. Really? I mm. don't like fake peach. Mm. One, it doesn't taste like peaches. I guess it depends on the. So I'm, all, I'm okay with that oh, a little no. bit. My dad, my dad has mango. That's what he has. Mm. So. Oh, but there's a mango tea that you can buy mm-hmm. that tastes like peach tea. It's very. It's it's unfortunate. Right. Um, I love. Like fa- like grape flavor, which mm-hmm. does not taste like grapes. I love. Right. It's not it's not the or, fact that it doesn't taste like peaches that, that makes me sad. It's that I don't like it's it. It's just not like flavor. Yeah. Like I, fake I, banana. I'm I'm that way with cherry. Um oh. I love cherry everything. Okay. I have cherry whiskey in my cabinet. Uh Jim Bean, Red Stag stuff. It's really good. Um I love cherry Powerade, which you can only get at a restaurant. You know, if they have those Coca Cola machines where they mm. have the Powerade in them. Uh yeah, I used to love cherry like Pepsi and Coca Cola too and stuff like that. Like I would drink that like yeah, crazy. those are good. Um, but yeah, like actual like legit cherries. Unless it's like one of those put on ice cream, which are like full of sugar and stuff. Oh, the Maraschino yeah, cherries. Right, the I mean, they're amazing. Um, they're great, but they're you know. But the ones like actual cherries, I'm like, I wouldn't yes, eat these all day. Yes, if you're gonna be like, if you're gonna be that guy like me, it is technically Maraschino. You, you are, but what guy, if it's like, Italian? It would be Maraschino. Maraschino. That's Maraschino. what the H does for you. Maraschino. The H makes it. Keen. What? Yep. It's it has an H. M- so yeah, it's, it's an S C H I. Then you would be correct. I I do know that I am correct. Yeah, oh. I'm trying not. See now, I'm trying not. I'm not trying not to be that guy. Stop arguing with the language. But I didn't know I had an H. I, it is, I, it's I maraschino. It um, everyone says maraschino because of our Germanic tendencies in English. We see an S C H, we go sh. Yeah. Um. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. So back on the peaches, though, I do have a really interesting story. Yes, let's the take the focus Nebraska, off of Mike being pedantic. The the Nebraska Please. State Fair, they had, you know, they have deep fried everything. They had a deep fried peach that seemed Ooh. like a great idea, terribly executed. You know how they it's have to bad. freeze whatever it is that they're going to deep fry? Freezing a it peach. It was a whole peach yeah. in that core and the pit and everything. Like the surface of it that had the batter on it was okay. But the deeper you go in, the colder it got until it was just a frozen center. It was just, it was nasty. Gross. The problem with that, I think, would be the peach stone. Like, that would just be a problem, I, I would feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't... If it's something's deep fried, I don't want to worry about not being able to stick the whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> like, I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, if something's deep fried... Dude, deep fried I don't expect Milky it to Ways, be difficult to eat. Deep fried Milky Ways are amazing. That's fair. I will say, I do love deep fried corn on the cob. Ooh, which is 100% like oh, no, that, yeah, that has sounds an, great that sounds great that's a lot of things you have to worry about not sticking the whole thing around mm-hmm. so I feel like I yeah. know that I'm a complete hypocrite but I love deep fried but I feel like it's different like I don't know do you eat a peach off of the stone yeah or do you eat a peach and there happens to be a stone in it those are different so like for me like oh corn gosh. on the cob the whole premise is that you are every bite you take you are in contact with the cob you eat off you are of eating the it cob. off the cob whereas with a peach you eat a peach. I eat a lot of a lot of the bites that I take into the peach. I do not come into contact with the stone, so it doesn't feel like I'm eating it off of the stone. I'm just eating around something that happens to be in the dead center. Yeah, one of my one of the most annoying things in my reoccurring nightmares is just my teeth scraping against a peach stone. 
That's a reoccurring nightmare. Wow, you have very different nightmares. No, than I'm I do. kidding. I, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, mine are all about oh. like terrible liturgies and stuff. I have nightmares. Oh. Where I, I, <laughs> I legit have terrible nightmares of liturgies, but we can talk about that. Wow, later. Yeah. I fall out of things. I'm in usually my involved too. That's the worst. Part. Or I get chased by things in my nightmares. I'm usually chased Ooh. as well. I don't remember mo- so like I. have been chased. Yeah, remember about nightmares. one dream per month. Yeah. That's very different remember. for me. I remember a lot of my dreams. Oh, yeah. See, I'll, I'll go in phases where I'll remember lots of them and then have a couple of dry months of just like, no. I only no remember contact. my dreams if I sleep poorly. Yeah. That must mean you sleep very well most of the month. I, my whole life, I have been a sleep forward individual. Like, when I was a small child, I put myself down for naps. Sleep forward. Sleep. I'm a sleep forward person. My sleeping he, is at the forefront of what I of my life. Like actively make sure he gets his. I sleep. do not stay up late, like unless I only stay up late if I'm not tired. Like if I get tired, I'm like okay, everyone leave my house. I'm going to bed. Like I'm done. Like I'm going to. I'm tired and I'm going to bed. I, I, I just function so poorly with with low sleep. Like I during the school year, I average uh, eight and a half to nine hours of sleep a night. Because otherwise I will be, I will literally be so exhausted I can't function. I would wow. applaud you if I didn't have a wine glass in my hand. I would also oh, applaud you. I applaud, I, I don't I know. I it's just like, it. I'm so tired, I have to sleep that much. So like, I have other colleagues that get so much more work done. Because they're like, up. And mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I'm just like, no. I. That's why I spend so much of my summer in prep for the next year. Because right. I know that once the school year starts, I'm going to bed at 9. Whether I'm ready for the next day or not. There is no time. I'm going to bed at nine. I would rather go to bed at nine having unfinished stuff and set an earlier alarm than stay up and do it. Hmm. I don't know. It just. That's very different than most people. When I'm tired, I go to bed because I know that I'm going to have to spend one more hour working on this. I can spend that hour super tired or well rested. That's up to me. I'm going to go to bed now and wake up an hour earlier so that that last hour of work I do, I'm rested and I don't feel awful. I like run I, into the problem of having a weak will in the mornings where it's like I'll set alarms yeah, think, to wake up early and then I'll I'll make that stupid decision think, of, no, I'm going to just sleep through. Into, yeah. It's a great motivator when your deadline is eight in the morning. You have to be ready because you're teaching a class. And so like if you're not prepped, yeah. it turns out. That's a big problem because you have to teach that like you have to teach that class that day. Yeah. So that's a big motivator. But at the same time, if for whatever reason, like for me, my mindset is all right there. I know exactly what I need to do. I'm present and able to just power through the hour and get it done. Versus in the morning, I have to pause. What was I doing? What was my mindset? What was I trying to get towards? If I forget to like leave notes or something to like, I uh, write notes. Yep, that Mm, that's a key. I write notes. I must do this, this, and this. And if I'm tired, I cannot, I cannot work through it. Hmm. My brain does not work when I'm that tired. The 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 quality is so poor Mm -hmm. because I just cannot. I just do not function on. So David has foggy mornings and Mike has foggy nights. Yes, this is a great example of like self mastery. There is like understanding how you work and like just you know taking the best out of it it made college hard in some ways because everyone's well (laughs) it made socializing in college slightly more difficult because everyone sleeps in and stays up late yep that's the norm so if i wanted to socialize i had to socialize after 10 p.m which would destroy me (laughs) no it's a problem (laughs) (laughs) because i i would be waking up early and so 
yeah, it, it's just interesting to find that balance of like, I have to, I have to pick how many nights per week I'm going to let myself stay up way too late in order to socialize with people who stay up super late. <laughs> Has anyone figured out their, uh, their sleep number? So it's not like the bed or anything. It's how many hours of sleep do you need to function normally? Nine. Nine uh, for you? Yeah, I it's nine. And I and my much. REM okay. cycles are one and a half hour cycles. Mike, uh, you know yourself well. Wow. That's awesome. Mine <laughs> is you. seven and yeah. I have uh, one hour cycles. Okay. Yeah, my cycles are one and a half. I, I do know mm-hmm. it is better for me to sleep for four and a half hours than for five. Interesting. Because four and a half is a is full three full REM cycles. This five is, is waking up in the middle and it's bad. Like I will I will stay up another half an hour in or I'll just set my alarm for four and a half hours rather than five. So I thought mine was an hour, but I think it's an hour long term. But short term, I tried to do an hour nap and I slept through my alarm this week. So I did two hours. So I don't know if that means anything i don't know so what i did is i got an app that you you turn it on on your phone and you set an alarm and you lay the phone on your bed and so by how much you're moving so when you're in deep rem sleep you don't move at all except your eyeballs except your eyeballs rapid (laughs) eye movement rem um thank you for defining that google that's (laughs) 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 videos i don't know if i recommend to people but if google were a man those youtube videos oh, are that's hilarious so funny um, oh my gosh they did a recent one for the they actually they did a really recent wholesome one with the whole like that is good uh, content thing. it is good content wholesome I, content I, wholesome content they did a good job with the whole like people googling things about covid right but if google were a man and it's actually it's 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 comedy it's hilarious and by the time they get to the it's animated too oh and that's by the, new that's new the, it's usually not animated yeah at the end of it it's actually really wholesome i really enjoyed it i thought they had a good not only did they have comedy and good information they also had a good like a good philosophical message at the end like a good sort of like mindset message i really liked it uh, I, I do recommend that one the other ones are just like sort of pure like brain candy comedy which is not always bad but like i don't feel i don't feel like strongly recommending something that's not like do anything other than like jolly ranchers for your brain david if you need to raise that mic just grip that right there (laughs) and and raise the um but anyway so i got an app on my phone you lay the phone on the bed if you move it knows you're in a light sleep if you're paralyzed it means you're not (laughs) and so what it does is when you wake up it can show you how much movement you did throughout the night that's how i know i have hour and a half Mm. sleep cycles is because i go into rem literally every half hour almost to the minute and i did that every night for like a year and i was like no this is an actual pattern like this wasn't a fluke the other thing is you give it a time and you give it a window so i always set mine to a half hour window and i would give it here's the time by which i must wake up the phone is allowed to wake me up anywhere in that window so i say i set my phone for six o'clock but i said so my phone will wake me up anywhere between 5 30 and 6 it will try to wake me up as I'm coming out of REM sleep. That, because then yeah. you don't... the way, When you wake up and you feel super tired, it's usually because you were going into REM sleep or were in REM sleep when you were woken up. And then your, your body had already put all of the chemical... You had already flooded your body with the hormones that caused you to feel groggy and sleepy. And so now you're awake with all of that flooded through your system. So you feel awful. 
But as you're coming out of REM sleep, it's because those hormones are wearing off. And so if you wake up as you're coming out of REM sleep, you feel well rested. Regardless of how many cycles you did, you will feel more well rested. And so plug for there are all sorts of sleep apps that do that. I won't even like recommend one by name, but like they're all really good. And I, I, I thought it was really good. I learned a lot about myself. And so even though I don't use that app regularly now, um, it's it a good thing help, to keep note. It did help me know of. like, oh, okay, this is this is about how long nice. I need to give myself. The if Arctic I'm gonna actually ground squirrel hibernates for eight months, allowing parts of its body to temporarily freeze. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. What? what the Arctic ground squirrel. Chocolate. Do you know what Arctic means? No. It means has bears. <laughs> has bears. Has oh, bears. Yeah. <laughs> the Arctic Circle oh, no. is the circle of like super cold, icy weather that has bears in it. Oh, wow. The Antarctic Circle does, does not, not have bears. bears. Huh. My favorite thing is if you look up a polar bear, its name is Ursus Arctus Arctus. Bear, bear, bear. Yep. Wow, that's epic. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. <laughs> yep, you've Bears. seen you've seen this thread, I'm sure. People got real creative with that one. Oh, oh there's a thread on Facebook. Oh, I don't know. It's like this whole thing about like, well, if you think about it, then this means polar bears, 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 and then it go went down into something else too. And I, can't, I should look it up. Oh, vulpus, nice. vulpus, maybe uh, conoslupus. At at the uh, zoo in up in Alaska when we were visiting, they my brother bought a shirt that said the Alaskan triathlon is like running swimming climbing and all of them were like escaping bears <laughs> that's hilarious i love that climbing a tree of course have of you course. ever seen the page about like how to defend yourself against bear attacks by uh the like, atomic elbow or no. uh, drop, jumping from a tree and drop kicking it in the face that usually, no uh, oh maybe once yeah there's just some some memes out there about um just how to defend yourself when a bear attacks you you know what one of my favorite things ever is hmm. we, pictures from WikiHow articles with different article titles given to them. So, like, you take a picture from WikiHow and then you write a different, like, a, a made-up article that that's a picture from. That's one of my things. There's, like, um, there's a subreddit called, I think it's called, like, r slash, like, Welcome to Disneyland or something like that. Um, and it's all about people just take pictures from WikiHow and then put fake, like, articles. Oh, okay. I, I, found, I found the thing I was looking for. But uh, if you want to continue on, tell us about the, the bear thing. thing. So the the thread goes. My favorite thing is probably the scientific name of the grizzly bear. It's Ursus Arctos Horriblis. Uh, Ursus meaning bear in Latin, and Arctos meaning bear in Greek. So essentially, a grizzly is a horrible bear. Bear. Mm-hmm. Bear. Bear. Horrible. Yep. It goes on to say the Eurasian brown bear is Ursus Arctos Arctos, which be so literally bear, 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 the most bear a bear can be. So bear, much roar. Wow. Also, uh, the Arctic Circle is named for the bears, not the other way around. It's the circle with the bears in, and the Antarctic is the circle and continent away from bears. Are you telling me that there are, are you telling us that the poles of our world are bear continents and anti bear continent? <laughs> Enter the bear circle. <laughs> Forget about your worries and your strife. <laughs> yes. That is fun. 
It's great. It's got a picture. Yeah, I I feel totally validated. Yes, everything. I language. Say. I have validated. Language using, is beautiful. Using the internet, using our friend's company. Oh my gosh, I gotta stop hitting my mic. Yeah, every time you hit the mic, one of our one of our users goes deaf. Sorry, so, guys. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say how uh, we lose one of our sponsors. We lose one of our sponsors. Oh my gosh. We Sponsored by Jim's left ear. Um. Should we talk about yeah, we our should. topic? Okay, All so right. it's been like, this is our sixth week recording, and five of those six weeks we wanted to do Principles of Nature, I believe. Yes. And the time has come. It's time has come. Has okay. Come. Ba -bum -bum. It so, took 24 minutes to get into the topic, but lo and behold, quick we are, intro. we are at the topic. The Principles of Nature is a work by a, a theologian philosopher from the 13th century named Thomas Aquinas, and it is primarily... A glossary of terms. That's probably the best way to think about it. Is he's going to go through and define a bunch of philosophical jargon terms so that when you read anything else he ever wrote, you know what words he's using and you know what his philosophical premises are about how the nature of things. And so it, along with um, De Ante Adesensia and a few other things like he's got some like preliminary works that are really important for understanding his philosophy but this is the first one called the principles of nature you can tell it's important because it has a pompous title so <laughs> um what i've done is it, it it's long it took me 12 hours to read this the first time i read it it took me 12 hours to read it and comprehend what was being said because it's 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 deep philosophy. It's not necessarily deep philosophy. This is actually very shallow philosophy because it's just defining terms. It's but just it's a lot a, to pick up. And... It's a lot to pick up. Oh yeah, um, twelve hours especially, and that's it's very abstract. Well, if you're doing it alone, and doing it alone, that's why in a group setting, in theory, we should make better progress than I did the first time. This will only be a four-hour-long podcast, uh, right? We're only also reading the first nine paragraphs from a forty-some-odd paragraph work, okay. so. I have five terms that I've deemed the most important that I'm going to make sure we are good and solidly defined and understood and we talk about. The rest I'm going to gloss over a little bit unless someone's like, that's super interesting, please stop and talk about it. But otherwise, what my plan is is to read The Principles of Nature and I'll say something and then I'll look at you like I just said a cool thing. And that's your cue to go, wow, wow I understood that or... What? Mike, what the heck Something are you talking like about? <laughs> and I think we've all listened to some of Pints with Aquinas, so we're kind of, we're a little privy to the, the uh, terminology. That's fair. Shout out to another podcast that exists, of Pints course. with Aquinas. Well, man, Matt Fry. Um, not That's a sponsor. Terrible, but uh, I will be sponsoring a, a decent him podcast. very soon. So. Uh, yes, yeah. Bierstein is really nice, and I like his stuff. He's, he's really good. Patreon, um, the stuff he yeah, releases Patreon, on He's on Patreon, really cool. so if yeah. you want to support him, go listen to him, too. He's pretty nice. Yeah. All right. You did not pay me to say that. Here's the first sentence, and this is this is how you know I'm going to be looking at you with the isn't that cool eyes a lot. Since some things can be, although they are not, and some things now are, those which can be and are not are said to be in potency, but those which already exist are said to be in act. Yep. And he does that wow. classic. I, I actually understand. Wow. So, okay. This is actually two of the terms. Yep. Potency and act. If I had to then ask you, what does potency mean? The potential to What would be... you say? I, I'm not calling on you. I'm not a teacher. Oh, okay. I am a um, teacher. But... I, I was going to say you said potency, right? Potency. Yeah, potency has to, is, is about potential. 
Um, so thank you. Yeah, you're right. Go on. So yeah, to, to be redundant. Um, well, you know, if, if you got a if you got a kettle full of cold water, it has the potential to be warm water, right? Uh, Why does it have the potential to be warm water? Because you can stick it on the stove, warm it up, and it would be warm water. And because it currently more, is be not. more pedantic with me. Okay, because right now it is not cold water, or excuse me, it is cold water now, but it is not warm water. But it can become warm Good. water. Good. It is not, but can if, be if acted on appropriately. That is how you know it's in potentia, because it can be and is not. The two ways you can make something not be in potentia is to have it be either incapable of becoming the thing you want it to be, or have it already be that thing. So, here's a good question. Is that water bottle a... Is that water bottle a ping pong ball in potentia? Mm. Yes, because it's plastic. Be more pedantic. I don't know. Break it down. Yes, because it... It has the it material. Is not it is not a ping pong ball. Oh, it is not a ping pong ball. But it could be turned into one. Yeah, okay. Right. So yeah, the core That's is, how you know. It, can it that water bottle... Um, oh, here's a good question. There are carbon atoms in that water bottle, right? Are those Indeed. carbon atoms alive in potentia? No. No. Mm. Because they are not alive and they do not have the potential to become alive. I disagree. Okay. Uh, so They are not alive. Yeah. But uh, if I ate that water bottle, yep. <laughs> would my stomach dissolve it? And would those carbon atoms become part of me? Who is alive? Who is alive? Yes. So those carbon atoms could be living matter, but they aren't yet. So they're in potentia to living matter. We we are carbon based. Tune in next week to see when Mike reanimates a water bottle. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Tune in next week to watch me (laughs) eat a water bottle. Um, Is that water bottle an angel in potentia? No. No. Go on. It is not an angel angel now. It is not an angel now. It could never be an angel because angels don't have physical bodies. And it never could be because it is pure material and an angel Mm -hmm. is purely not material. It is actually impossible for it to become an angel. So the water bottle is in potentia actually to a lot of things. Is a water bottle in potentia to being a water bottle? No. Well, let me clarify. Is because your you two conditions were it is not it is not a water bottle and it could be but because it already it is. already is therefore it is not in potentia to water now is that water bottle in potentia to a future water bottle yes because it is not because it could be bottle. melted down and, and made turned into, into another water bottle so i slightly sticky there but um mm-hmm. no it is not in potentia it is in octu which is the root of act. Act. Actual. Act. So, potentia is because something, some things can be and yet are not. They are said to be in potentia. Some things can be and are. They really are that thing. That's in act. So, that, water, that matter there is in potentia to a bunch of things. It is in actu a water bottle. It is actually a water bottle. Potentia and octu are Latin, Greek? Latin terms. So I'm going to say potentia and octu. You can say potency and act. Yeah. I'm going to flip back and forth because You're that's potentious. how I'm going to do it. Yes. Um, so are you saying so, we just so got through the first sentence? Yes. Nice. 
just go through the first sentence and two of the five terms that I want to really harp on. We are making great progress compared to your 12 hours. Yes, you are. Now, here's something. So they are said to be. To be means to exist, right? Something is in potentia or is in actu. But, Mm -hmm. to continue, existence is twofold. One is essential existence or the substantial existence of a thing. For example, a man exists. This is called simple existence. Something is. The other is accidental existence. For example, man is white. This is existence in some way. So I could say that water bottle is. I'd agree with you. It is. And that is simple existence. I am now going to say that water bottle is clear. That is existence in some way. And that's called accidental existence. Substance, accidents. Substance is its actual, like, ness. What it is. Accidents are how it is. They're qualities of it. Right. Those are not two of the things I'm going to harp on. But there are two other good terms to but know. But one of the more confusing They're... ones for me when you hear the word accidents, or when yes. you read it in Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> you, I would get a very different idea of what he means, but apparently. Yeah, one, so... One carriage? day we will have a podcast where we'll talk about substance and accidents because there's more to talk about. I want to do all 10 categories as a yeah. podcast. Um, cool. So we have substantial existence and accidental existence. Substance next. What it is and how it is. That's paragraph one. Act. Potency and act. Substance actions. Moreover, for each existence, there is something in potency. What? Every single thing that exists is in potency somehow. Wow. And. In at least one way? In at least one way. Okay. Which is why Thomas Aquinas is going to go out and say, God is not in any genre, even the genre of being. Because he's not in potency to anything, but that's that's a different thing. Someone might hear that and be like, God's not in potency to anything. You're right. But he also doesn't exist. In so far as what we mean by exist is he does not exist the way we do. It's okay. a totally yeah. separate mode that it's, I mean, we use the word exist for it because it's an analogy, but that's, that's a whole podcast. Hmm. Um, yep. But also for everything that exists, there is something in potency to be it for everything that exists. So to summarize what you just said, for everything that exists, that thing has potency to be something else. To be something else. And, and something has potency to be it. So to extrapolate that more, you can go both directions. Yep. So think about uh, the headphones on your head. Something exists in potency to be headphones. And I know that because there are headphones. Right. In some way, you could say that anything that anything that you see, you know that there is something else that could become it and yet is not it. What about the things that are unique? Name one. I don't know. I can't. So apparently it's not true. Ten. You're yeah. right. No. Now, Eric. Uh-oh. I'm getting picked on. Is there something? So I would say headphones, yeah. right? Or man. There is something mm-hmm. in the world that is in potency to being a human being. Mm-hmm. Is there something in the world in potency to be you? No, because that would mean having the same accidents as me, right? It would mean having the same substance as you. Substance. Oh. 
which 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 is would then cause it to have the same accidents but it's a cause and effect difference interesting the cause and effect Um, trail is the other direction hmm. and again to define potency for eric is there something that is is not not eric and yet could could be eric me i feel like no but i can't extrapolate you've got one one hand for no i would say no as well you'd say no that's a that's a great question (laughs) thank you yeah. I feel affirmed. No, hey, I I say that it's it's because it's true. A lot of people are like oh, Verb- you're just ver- verbally process. Yeah, What's I, going ver- I verbally process. Um, so there is one end in where they really you know they, we talk a lot about stuff like you know the, the cliche term is like you know there's no one else's fingerprint is yours or sure. whatever. Like yeah, you might have a doppelganger somewhere, but like you you know no one else has your DNA structure and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I don't know if I'm going too far on that. Um, but we're talking about substance, right? So in the sense yes. of, but it's specifically me. So we're not talking about like David or something. Not, like not that. David, just me. you, you actual person, not human in general, but you, you. actual this human. Uh, I, w- I would say no. Then what or are we would... going to do right after we record? We're going to eat, and what will happen to that food? It will become uh, us. Yes, it will. That's what I was thinking about. Like the skin okay. is regenerative. Like we replace our yep. skin with new. Yeah, we replace and... ourselves with holy new cells. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's How do I know, I know for a fact? That there is something that is in potency to be Eric. Because to if be I Eric. eat something... I'm no, no, no. Even simpler. Even simpler than that? Because it's not me. But Sure. But it, how do I know that there must... I can prove there must be... So, even if I never experience it. Because Eric exists. Because yeah, Eric, so exists. Eric exists. And for everything that exists, there is something in potency to be it. Okay. That makes sense. Um... I was thinking more of the lines, lines, lines of children and things like that for some reason. I was just like, well, I can name a kid Eric Carl III, but it's, you know, that's not <laughs> the same. That's still not me. So that's a good point. And, you know, do you think I think of that? Cool, cool. So that which is in potency to substantial existence. So something that can be something else. And that from which things are is called matter. Um, so anything that is in potency to something else is called matter. Whether it is substantial or accidental existence. Doesn't matter. It's still matter. It's still matter. That's how we define matter. So um, the food you're going to eat is matter to you. It is substantial it is in substantial potency because it can literally take on your substance by being incorporated into you. Okay. You happen to be, or uh, even better, um, the label on that water bottle is the matter to the color blue because it is that from which the blue has it's it is capable of being blue i says the white part of it is in potency to blue and it is the matter that something can be put into in a sense anything that can take a form um but these two things differ because that which is in potency to substantial existence is called matter from which that which is in potency to accidental existence is called the matter in which therefore we say that eric is made from meat because he can eat meat and it becomes him. Right. But he is the matter in which there is, um, I don't know, 
a good thing I can call it. The color beige. Because he's not made out of beige. And beige is not made out of him. But he is the matter in which beige can exist. So that's what we call matter in which versus matter from which. So accidents can exist in him. And because he is in potency to accidents, accidental existence. And, uh, well, in theory, things can be made from Eric. Or he can be made from meat. Um, Another good example would be, say, um, the water bottle is in potency to the color red because I could turn it red. And that would be a change of accidents. It's also in potency to be a ping pong ball. Those are two different kinds. It's matter in which red could be. It's matter from which a ping pong ball could be made. Accidental existence, substantial existence. This all sounds like stuff so, that we understand unconsciously and just brush over and take for granted. But to say it out loud and put words and thoughts into it sounds yes. somewhat profound, even though it's very simple. Yeah. Well, it's good to get into that because, you know, you have to define it at some point if we're going to look into a lot bigger details, like existence of God. And there are that. those that will disagree. Oh, yeah. sure. Other people disagree with that, yeah. Sure. About what existence is oh big time that's a big question that lots yeah. of people talk about mm-hmm. um this is one of the reasons peter craved uh, constantly and uh chesterton does this too constantly refers to aquinas as wait, uh, the philosopher of common sense hmm. because he always says he whatever he says tends to make sense yeah. immediately like you're just kind of like oh once you understand what he's saying you're kind of like yeah i can't think of another way that this could work so, question Often. On, on the ping pong ball. So, or the bottle being a ping pong sure. ball. You said that was that is substantial potency. Substantial potency. Matter from which Matter from a ping pong ball could be made. It could be made. So that's the sense of like we're actually changing the actual substance of it yes. into a ping pong ball. It is going ball. through a substantial change. Versus in the case of we make it red, we're not changing the substance of it. It is still water bottle. We're still you're still keeping it as water bottle, but we're going to make it red. Yeah, so we're it's gonna, a an accidental change. Accidental, right? So we're, we're change d- changing a detail of it rather than a what it is basically yep. we're going to change how it is or what it is yep. what is substantial how is accidental there we go yeah kolaches for everyone <laughs> i would you. like some kolaches yes i have some two Thanks more terms you don't need to remember Uh-oh. something that is in substantial potency is called prime matter so the water bottle is the prime matter of a ping pong ball yeah it makes sense and it is the subject of the color red so if you're in potency to accidental existence, you're a subject. If you're in potency to uh, substantial existence, you're prime matter. Two words you don't really need to remember. But that finishes paragraph three. Okay. Moving on. What happened so, to two? Oh, we just went through two oh, and nice. three. I did two and three together. Um, two introduced matter. Three was all the like, you could be in potency to other things. So what we know, in potency means? It's not that thing, but it could be that thing. Good. Octu means, or act means. It could be that thing and it is that thing. Yes, it is that thing, which implies that it could be. Um, And then matter is. Something that has potency. Anything in potency. Anything in potency is matter. That which is in potency, that is matter. And that could be in potency to substance or accidents. We call all of that matter. Okay. So. In this way, matter differs from subject. Um, I don't know if I care about this whole paragraph right now. <laughs> so subject is in potency to accidental existence. 
it's not synonymous with matter because matter is a broader category and that's what he spends all of paragraph four um describing you're not too concerned about it right now the only thing i think is um something in uh, substantial existence is complete accidental existence is incomplete whiteness does not exist except in a subject whereas a ping pong ball exists and it's not in a subject it just does exist yeah it just is that's the, that he, he he spends a whole paragraph being because even if over explaining but to make stuff something really clear that sometimes is a problem wait is it right then that it exists because we have a concept of it no okay it exists whether you know it exists or not because okay. it has that whether substance. whether there are are any in existence uh if there aren't any in existence then they don't exist by definition but okay. if there is a ping pong ball it exists whether you know it does whether well. whether you understand it or not it doesn't exist in something else it just does whereas whiteness mm-hmm. the you abstract can idea never of show me whiteness except insofar you could show me a ping pong ball if i said show me a ping pong ball that you could white. literally find one and show me one if i told you show me whiteness you are going to show me something white something that has the accident of white so right. you are not show going you to show me whiteness this is white with ping pong ballness, so you wouldn't. Yeah, so you wouldn't say that. You would say this is a ping pong ball, in which there is whiteness. Yeah, but so, I can't actually show you whiteness. I can only show you white things. So in the case of the ping pong ball, like it will have the substance of ping pong ball, whether or not it is red or blue or orange or whatever. Correct. But the colors, as we said, as you're saying, with the whiteness and all mm-hmm. that, is like the subject has it has to have that. You know, it might be on the ping pong ball itself, but that's how you show. Yep, These whiteness colors. has to exist in a substance in because substance. it is but an whiteness accident. does exist. Whiteness only exists in a subject. Okay, a subject. it so does not. It has it what is. we call incomplete existence or so contingent existence. Would that be a way to talk? A about? ping pong ball also has contingent existence because it oh. is caused by another thing. So okay. here's where we differentiate: a, different a ping pong ball has complete existence. It's David, existence. you're having the hardest time with your I know. Stand. I'm just trying to it's, adjust this as quietly as I can, yeah, and I don't think that's going to happen. It's a cheap really? pop filter, so, so I just want to give up on it now. We would say a I ping might. pong ball has complete existence because a ping pong ball, even though its existence depends on there being plastic, you can show me a ping pong ball. Yep. No matter what color it is. Whiteness has incomplete existence. It exists in a different way because whiteness can never exist outside of another thing. It can only be, it can only exist as the quality of a subject. Whereas a ping pong ball can exist outside of another thing. Where does quantity come into this? For example, I have two ping yes. pong balls. That is one of the 10 categories. A different podcast, but a worthy question. So, so is two, is two? Is a, two is an accident. I see. It is an accident of quantity. I mean, use the technical. So there's actually. accidents of, for say, example, There are white. nine categories okay. of accidents. Okay. Yep, and quantity is one of them. Relation is one of them. Um, things like that. So color would be it. Color the is of... a is the category of quality. Gotcha. Yep. Would you say accidents are very much like descriptors? They sense? are. They are. Yeah. They are. They are descriptions. Okay, good. And there are nine categories of them, and we will totally have an episode on it at some point. Perfect. Um, but for now, that's a good way to. It's another. Yeah, it's another it podcast. But yeah. you think substance is what it is. Accidents are how it is. There we go. That and there's nine categories of There are nine how-ness. ways you can be it's how. A ping- substance. It's a ping pong ball. How it is? What color ping pong ball do we have? What color is it? Where is Size. it? What is it next to? What is it bigger than? How many are there? Um, what, does, what does it have? 
how it how is it where it is there's like you can ask all sorts these of questions. these are the questions did somebody, people did someone, yeah. do a, did someone do a stupid thing and break it so now we can no longer use it now everyone in the rec room is that wait <laughs> thank you uh, i was so getting a little real for a second that happened so much in college. <laughs> too close to home very close all right so that's the first four paragraphs we know potency act and matter now just as everything which is in potency can be called matter we're all clear on that. This is you quoting, not you. I'm reading. Speaking. Okay. So, in the same way, also everything from which something has existence, whether substantial or accidental, is called form. Matter is that which can have existence. Form is that from which that matter has existence. That matter is a bottle. Because it has the form of a bottle. That matter did not have to have the form of bottle. It could have had the form of ping pong ball. In which case it would be a ping pong ball. The same matter is bottle or ping pong ball depending which form is acting upon it. Does that make enough sense for me to continue? Yeah. Can you read that definition one more time? Read it again. Everything from which something has existence, whether that existence be substantial or accidental, can be called form. That water bottle is clear because it has the form of clearness. Would be another good thing. For example, um... Man can be white. Therefore, he is in potency to white. He becomes actually white through the form whiteness. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, built into that then, um, because form causes existence in Octu. We say that the form is the act. That's just another word for form. Form, act, same thing. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> matter is in potency, and form is what causes something in potency to become something in act. So, if something is in potency to ping pong ball, the way it becomes a ping pong ball is by the form of ping pong ball acting upon it. That made sense. Okay. So it's kind of like, um, uh, tell me if this analogy is wrong. I hope it doesn't confuse anyone. Sure. But like, say we take, um, so we say the form, because we would say like plastic, right? Is the thing that helps, like the, 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 the matter, the ping pong ball and the, the water bottle, right? So because it's formed into the form of a ping pong ball, mm -hmm. it is that versus we take that same material or matter and we sure. form it into a water bottle. It's now a water bottle because of the form. It because you've given it the form of a water bottle, matter, rather than a ping pong ball. Yep. Okay. There we go. So that's yeah, the same better. matter once it's given a form <clears throat> is that Can is be something that thing. Else. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man, coughing too. Trying really hard. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I made I made a jalapeno dip today. Oh no. And one of the things that's now a symptom of that is that my whole house was pepper spray, for like an hour. So I'm. That's why I'm coughing. That sounds delicious. It's because I still my lungs are still working on that. Um, 
Now, we can just like we can have substantial we can have prime matter and um prime matter and subject, something in potency to substance, something in potency to accidents. You can have substantial form and accidental form. Substantial form is what causes substantial change. Accidental form is what causes accidental change. So redness is an accidental form. The f water bottle is substantial form. Okay. Water bottle-ness is substantial form. So, what is matter? Anything in potential. Anything in potency. Anything Good. In potency. What is form? The same thing as the act. Thing that defines Which is? The takes the matter and defines it as something. It's what takes potent in something in potency yeah. and causes it to be actual. to be an act. To be an act. Yeah, yep. there we go. It's yeah. It's what now causes it to. Go. Yes. Yep. Going to gloss over a few things here. Generation is the process by which something goes from potency to act. We just call that generation. It's fine. You can have generation simpliciter, which is something coming into existence. So that water bottle is. So when I cause something to be a water bottle, that is simple generation. Whereas if I start painting it, that is generation according to which. And it's generation from not red to red. It's an accidental generation. So again, because everything is either substantial or accidental, we can take all of these terms and have two versions, a substantial and accidental version. Anyway, generation is movement from matter to form, from potency to act. Um, da -da 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 -da. Da -da 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 -da. There is a twofold corruption opposed to the twofold generation. Again, corruption is when you go from act to potency. And you can do that in a substance or an accident. That water bottle right now is clear. If I add color to it, it will stop being clear. That is a corruption from clearness to from clearness in act to clearness in potentia. Whereas if I start to melt it, that is a corruption from water bottle in act to water bottle in potency. Everyone down with that? So generation is from potency to act, corruption is from act to potency. Um, okay, and so you can have substantial or accidental of either. So maybe a good way to distinguish that is corruption is kind of like a falling apart of it, the substance. That is one way to think about it. Yeah. Now, I will say, if I take that water bottle and I turn it into a ping pong ball, would you call that a corruption? Would that depend on which way we're going? If we're going like towards ping pong ball is the the ultimate act. I'm taking a water bottle and I'm turning it into a ping pong ball. Is that a corruption? Uh, no, technically not. Yes, technically it is. Oh, crap. it's corrupting the water bottle. It's corruption from water bottle. From water bottle ness. Yep, it is generation to ping pong ball. Right, that's what I mean. It is both. Yeah. Every generation is a corruption. So is that, that back Unless to that, going back and forth thing something is pure potency. Okay. Anything that has any act in it, mm -hmm. if it becomes something else, it's a corruption from that act to potency. What's an example? Uh, the water bottle. So that is plastic. The matter is plastic. It has the form water bottle. Mm -hmm. If I take it and it has the... So it's, it is a water bottle in act. It's a ping pong ball in potency. But it's plastic. It is plastic. That's the matter. Okay. We call it plastic. It is a water bottle in act. It is a ping pong ball in potency. 
if I make it a ping pong ball, there's generation. It is no longer a ping pong ball in potency. It's a ping pong ball in act. But in order to do that, it had to stop being a water bottle in act and become a water bottle in potency. Okay. And yeah, that sorry, is corruption. An example of something that is complete potency and not actual. That is complete potency. Okay. Imagine that's a water bottle in act and it's a ping pong ball in potency. What if I made it a functioning ping pong ball that could still be used as a water bottle? That would be generation without corruption. It, 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 yeah. You'd make a lot of would money. Would it be doing corrupting that. other things? Maybe. But, like, insofar as if we're only concerned about whether it's a water bottle or a ping pong ball, that would be generation without corruption. Or imagine if I just melted it down. That's corruption without generation, in a sense. I've made it pure potency. The only thing it is in act as is plastic. Okay, that's what, okay. Something like that. Well, it goes back to that whole, like, going two directions, right? Go on. Uh, we were talking about potency, like something can potentially be something else versus... Um, everything that exists. Yeah. Because everything that exists mm-hmm. means there is something that could be it and isn't. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. With the, yes. For, for the corruption versus the um, generation. I'm not making the same connection as you. That doesn't mean you're wrong. No, actually, no, you're right. It, it's it's more the whole, like, especially with the concept of the water bottle to the uh, ping pong ball. There has to be some form of corruption before we can generate something new. Prob- I would say I cannot think of an example where there is any sort of material generation that does not involve at least some form of corruption, yeah. even if it's accidental well, like, corruption. You, know, you got you to cut down a tree to make paper. Yeah. You have to corrupt the form of tree to yep. make to generate, to generate the, with the form, form of paper. paper. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So. Yes. Okay. So we know what matter is. We know what form is. I think we're pretty good on potency and act. So in order there to be generation, three things are required. There must be a being in potency. We call this matter. Matter. There must be something through which it comes to be in act we call that the form the form and there must be non-existence in act which we call privation that water bottle cannot become a ping pong ball if it is already a ping pong ball it must not be a it must actually not be a ping pong ball and that is the privation. That is privation of ping pong ball. It is the privation of ping pong ballness, which is my next indie album, and is one hundred percent going to be my the tie. The title of this episode should one hundred percent be the privation of ping pong ball. Um, yeah. So privation is non-being in act, non-existence in act. It has to actually not be that thing in order for it to be able to actually be that thing. Um. So that's privation. Privation, I think, is the hardest one of these terms to be like, yeah, that sounds like a real thing. That's like abstract of an abstract. Would another synonym for privation be like the lack of somethingness? Like this mm-hmm. water bottle has the privation of ping pong ballness. Another yes. way of saying it is this water bottle has the lack of ping pong ballness. Yes. Here's his example. Say you're going to make a bronze statue. The bronze is the matter. 
the shape of the statue is the form. And the shapelessness of the bronze is the privation. So the bronze is the matter. The key difference between that and a statue is the shape. That's the form. That's what has to be put. That's what the bronze has to be given in order for it to be a statue. And the fact that it doesn't have that is the privation. That's matter, form, and privation. This is Aquinas' example? That is Aquinas' example. Okay. Yes. Um, and so it has all kinds of... Yeah. Therefore, there are three principles of nature. Matter, form, privation. Those are the three principles of nature. Matter, form, privation. One of these, the form... Is that by reason of which generation takes place? So generation is moving from potency to act. Form is what causes generation. The other two are found on the part of that from which there is generation. That which is going to generate is the matter and the privation. So, um, hence matter and privation are the same in subject, but differ in definition. Because bronze is what is because bronze and what is shapeless are the same thing before the advent of the form. So if I have bronze and I'm gonna make it a statue, if I say the bronze, I mean this particular matter. And if I say the shapeless thing, I mean the same exact matter. For one reason it is called bronze, for another reason it is called shapeless. Therefore it's the same in subject. The matter and the privation are the same in subject, but different in definition. Because it is called shapeless for a different reason than it is called bronze. And bronze applies to when we're talking about the matter. And yes. the shapelessness applies to when we're talking about pr the privation. Yes. Okay. Wherefore, privation is not said to be a per se principle. It's not a, it's not a, um, a, pr a principle by reason of the thing itself. It's an accidental principle. Because um, it uh, because it's coinciding with the matter. The matter is the per se principle. Um, the privation is a per accidens or th um, by means of accident symbol. Um, he his example for this is um, we say that it is through the accidents that a doctor builds a house because he does not build the house in so far as he is a doctor. It just happens to be that he builds insofar as he is a builder, but the subject that is the builder happens by accident to also be a doctor. Per accidents. Per accidents. So when we say a doctor builds a house, what we do not mean is that it is proper to, he does not build it as a doctor. We've identified the man, the builder builds a house. He happens to also be a doctor. That's why we don't say that the we don't say that uh, he is a doctor per se. He's a doctor per accidents. In so yeah. far as he is building, I things. like those. All good stuff. So potency is something that it is not is not, but it but can could be. be. It is not, but can be act something that is that is something that is matter is already, and the matter is anything that is in potency anything in potency 
form. Uh, that which something is can be made out of. That's matter from which. Okay. Form is. Oh, form. Sorry, <laughs> I thought I was thinking of matter. Um, you were. I was thinking of matter. Uh, form is the, Prime is the shape matter, that it fact. takes that defines it. Form is that which causes movement causes from potency to act. To act. Yeah. It causes generation. Right. And right. privation is the lack of form. Good. Non-existence in act. The fact that it is not in act. The fact that it is in potency. Not what is in potency, but the fact that it is in potency. So the fact that it is shapeless or bronze. Yep. Bronze is the matter. Privation. Shapeless thing is the privation. Got it. And whatever, I don't know, the, the shape of David is the form of the statue. Something like that. So those are the three principles of nature. Matter, form, and privation. Wow. There we go. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. This is one of those topics where there's not a lot of like end of the show banter. No, not really. Just fine. Well, it doesn't you, have to be. Yeah. I made I, my brain hurt, but that's also good. Good. So, yeah. No, that's good. It's like exercise. I, I yes. love I love Aquinas defining things. And you know, we talk about being common sense, right? And this is um, all common sense. Right. No, no, exactly. And I love that because you're you're like how do I define this? I've just always known this, you know, and it's good because then you can have conversations like this where you're like, there is that. And it, well, a, you can sound smart when you're at parties and stuff, but um, <laughs> also uh, on a less important note, um, <laughs> when you're asking questions about things like if I were existence. to take a hammer mm-hmm. and use it to hammer a nail. Yeah. And you can apply these ideas to that conversation of mm-hmm. what is in, act what is in potency yeah and and, and, and also if you start violating the form of hammer and it's great by using you, it the wrong way yeah and it's great when you get into yeah right right you get you get into that that discussion of what yeah like these things exactly like these common things that we have questions about like what's right and what's wrong or what's you know proper in general and things like that people are like let's let's yeah let's let's appeal to common sense let's appeal to these definitions that are commonsensical and uh and give them a definition you know people are like oh we need to be objective we need to be, yeah let's be objective about it we can be we have terms for that um and that's i think that's really cool and especially when he gets you know uh you know heard anything about aquinas for about his five ways and things like that which i'm sure is another episode in and of itself but um when you know these things you can build off of it and go into because you have a definition for it yeah so i think i think that's great it's helpful to have building blocks to build off of. If you don't have the building blocks, you can't build anything. Right. I think what it does is it gives you, like Eric said, it gives you a vocabulary. If a commonly want, understood vocabulary. Yeah, if you want to describe in minute objective detail. Well, I, 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 let me back up. Philosoph- it is sometimes said, I think um, Copleston said, philosophy began by noticing two things. There are different things. There are things that exist and they're not all the same. And number two, they change into each other. How? That's where philosophy began. That's where Thales and all of the pre-Socratic philosophers began in a sense is change. How does something become something else? 
How is it that that is a water bottle, and without changing any of the matter of that water bottle, I can make it no longer be a water bottle? That's a really, really important question. Because I, how, would, how would you describe that to someone? Now we have the vocabulary to do that. Now you do. This is where Aquinas is now. He's saying the principles of nature. It's interesting. When he says the principles of nature, what would you have assumed were the principles of nature before this? Would you have assumed that they were the three things you need to know in order to describe how a water bottle can become, not, can become something else? Would you have said that change is nature? The principles of nature, in a sense, are just the three things you need to know in order to describe change. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not immediately what I would have thought of. Not necessarily. No, yeah, not necessarily. But it's another way of looking to say Aquinas is basically defining nature as change. The created existence is in flux by definition. And... So, what are the principles of it? How the ways to describe the changes that are constant. Hmm. Powerful stuff. It's a very interesting way of looking, at, and that's where he's going to go, and he's going to start saying things about God, to which none of this applies, right? Because huh. he does not change. He is, in fact, the only unchanging. Everything else changes by definition of being. Of existing yeah, which, by having a nature. Which when you live in a world that is constantly changing, it's really hard to describe that. <laughs> it's really hard to describe unchanging. Yeah. It's like And so that's where he's going to basically he's gonna go and talk about what is the difference between creature and creator. He's gonna go into all this is how he's gonna start to talk about it. Yeah, cool. Are there any other ways of describing these principles of nature? Like say did some other philosopher have separate different principles of nature that yes. did not use for matter and privation yes so this comes from aristotle yes yeah, his name is this aristotle is really, no no no. <laughs> aristotle is where this oh, comes this, from okay, aquinas right, is basically sorry. describing aristotle here um which is not bad for anyone who just jumped out of the seat like what is a greek you know yes yeah. all of our racist viewers who hate yeah. greeks are really yeah. upset by aristotle what exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay i don't know anyone He's that goes aristotle Okay. Everyone's kind of like okay with Aristotle most of the time, at least. Um, Plato. Plato had a different way of describing this. Yes, I recall his was just the forms. Very similar. Okay. But so the big difference is in their definition of form. Aristotle defines form as this abstract concept of the cause of generation. Plato believed that the forms had simple existence. They straight up existed. They were separate beings. Chairness existed in a more real way than chairs do. That's Plato. Aristotle says, in fact, chairness only exists in chairs. Chairs exist. Chairness is how I describe that. And Aquinas sides with Aristotle? Aquinas is in the middle. Okay, yeah. Aquinas actually does believe that chairness exists that it truly exists not as a being in it does not have substantial existence it has accidental existence insofar 
it can only it's like whiteness he would say whiteness does exist there is an actual thing called whiteness but it can only exist in a subject so a it subject has, that has the accident has of white incomplete existence mm-hmm. so do it, numbers exist in the same way as whiteness exists that's a great question because that's what i was going to get to earlier it's another didn't. one let's give me 10 more seconds so aquinas would say that chairness does exist but it has incomplete existence. It exists in chairs and it exists in the mind of God. And it exists in the mind of anything that understands chairness. It does not have complete existence. You could never point to something and say that is chairness. You can point to a chair, but you, you cannot can... point to chairness. Exactly. Plato said, yes, there is a, in theory, you could point to chairness. That's Plato. Aristotle drew back from that and pendulumed a little bit more to like you could never point to chairness. And then people ended up going too far. And that's actually what nominalism is. Nominalism is taking that so far to say that, in fact, chairs have nothing in common. There is no chairness. There's not even the idea of chairness. It's a false idea. That's nominalism. That's very destructive. That's terrible philosophy. Fight me. Um, (laughs) Aquinas sits squarely in the middle where he says there is chairness, but it has incomplete existence. You could never point to it, but it is there. Um, And he describes it beautifully. So on Nick's thought on numbers. Do numbers exist? Open question. I used to think yes, and I recently started thinking no. And here's why. I used to think yes, because I would say, yeah, in the same way that chairness exists in the divine ideas. I can point to oneness, but only insofar as it exists in the mind of God and things like that. I would now claim that the concept of one exists, but one does not. And the reason why is because you can only comprehend something... Um, Oh, how do I word this correctly? Okay. You can never comprehend something that exists at a level above you. That's why humans cannot understand angels fully. And dogs don't understand us nearly as well as we understand dogs. But there are ways in which we do not understand dogs because they do not exist below us. Insofar as a dog is a living thing we will never fully comprehend exactly what that means because we are a living thing and we cannot fully probe anything that is not below us. Rocks. We will, we can know more about rocks than we can about dogs or maybe not more things, but um, we can know rock better than we can know dog because rock is further below us. There is only one thing you can have perfect complete knowledge of numbers numbers mathematics it's a closed system it's a closed system that doesn't exist it shares nothing in act with us because it is pure potency yeah that is peter crafe's argument for why numbers do not exist and i was sold i was like yep 100 percent. i cannot argue with that currently I have no I have no machinery to argue that with that just worked. But it is different in the way numbers but, don't exist in a different way. That, we can't point to numbers in a different way than we cannot point to whiteness. 
yes, and I would say that's because I would say the concept of numbers is like whiteness. Okay, the concept of numbers is yeah. like whiteness. Two-ness exists. Two does not. Okay. What about whiteness exists, but white exists? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to be... Yeah, there is something... I could point to something and call it whiteness. I like the walls of this oh, room. White. Yeah, well, the walls have whiteness in them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the way that you could point to a number and say that that... I could never point to those two glasses and say that's two. I have to say it's two glasses. Or the symbol. The symbol two. two. I could say that's the symbol that means two. But it is not two. But it is not two. It's just the symbol we use to describe it. Now, one day when we get to the categories, I will describe why do we say that's two. It's because we're using pyronomy, but that's that's a whole thing. Uh, pyronomy is the process by which you call something the name that of the thing that it points to. Even though it itself is not the thing that it points to, we call it by the exact same name. That's called pyronomy cool. um, or analogy. Um, <clears throat> so... Yeah, it's a little bit tricky. It's a little abstract. Because I would say two and two-ness are different in a way that I don't think white and whiteness are. I think when we say white, we mean whiteness. I think we mean those to be the same thing. Whereas okay. two-ness, the concept of two and the actual number two, we mean two different things. Okay. And the number two does not exist at all. It has no act. Whereas two-ness can exist in act in a subject. It's an accidental form. Yeah, because when you're saying two cups, you're, that's that's that description. Yeah, there's two cups. Quantity. quantity it's one of the nine categories yep. of accidental existence. Is quantity versus when you two. point to a dog and say that is a dog, it is a dog. Yep. Whereas when you point to those two glasses and say that is two, you don't mean that is a two. Correct. Okay. Yep. I'm calling it two by analogy yep. because I have a concept of what two means, and they reflect it closely enough. For me to be comfortable assigning them the name of the concept that yeah. they reflect. But not like when you call a dog a dog. No, because a dog really is a dog. Now, if I call a dog a friend. Yeah. It's because a dog resembles friend closely enough for me to be comfortable applying the term loosely to it. Because a dog is not a friend if we define, you know, it's not a friend insofar as we mean like an actual reciprocal, reciprocating member, like on, on an even plane. Um, but I can still call a dog a friend because in, by analogy, by pyronomy. Or hyperbole. Uh, hyperbole is a different thing. Okay, never mind. Pyronomy and analogy are the same thing. I meant that. You're being hyperbolic calling the dog a friend because he's not actually a friend, but you're exaggerating the fact that a dog can be a companion in, in certain ways. Yes, I could see using that's what I was getting at. Yes, yeah. anyway. Yeah, and, and then with the whole concept of numbers, it's like the concept is useful, and in and of itself, the concept exists, and it's useful again to you know because you can say, "Oh, there's two, and that someone can understand what that means, like saying two cups. It's like, okay, well, there's you know one for Mike and one for David, you know. Um, there's that concept there. Yep. There's clearly a concept that we apply. That's we apply it. it. And it's and it's good. It's useful. Yep. And we apply it subconsciously and consistently. That's how I would claim there's definitely a concept there. Because you do it subconsciously and consistently. And because you and I can both understand it in the same way, which means it cannot exist solely in you or solely in me. 
it must okay. exist in some way outside of us so that the two of us can have contact with it. Right. Yeah. And we'll have to keep working on these examples to just better apply this vocabulary to not lose it. Yeah. It's very interesting stuff. Well, thank you, guests, Eric and David. It's been a pleasure. Sorry for all the problems with the pop filter and the chair and what have you. Yeah, I kept kicking my mic. Sorry <laughs> for all of you who are now deaf. Because wait, you can't hear me saying this, but I'll, I'll make out a college video. Sign. Sorry. <laughs> Subscribe, like, share, comment. Yeah. If you put less than 16 ad breaks, I won't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you ever love it when they start with, I really didn't want to make this video. And you're like, yes, you did. There's 15 ad breaks. You're making bank on this video. Exactly. Or like every time a YouTube video starts with the YouTuber, with the YouTuber going, <sighs> you know it's going to be a good video. <laughs> There's going to be tea in that video. All right, let's talk about this. <laughs> New subject, apology videos. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. Is there different from apologetics videos? Yeah, some, sometimes. <laughs> yes. Most of the time. Depends on, depends on your video. Let me explain myself. No, oh, well, well, it's just too bad, Eric. I'm so sorry. We're going to cut you <laughs> off there. We're at a hard break. Um, 80 minutes. 80 minutes is good. That's fine. You can email us at deepthoughtsontherocks at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.